Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, Jim, the Twins winners in Los Angeles against the Dodgers last night. I didn't make it to the end of the game like I did the night before, and then I paid for it all day yesterday. Uh, they, uh, uh, but, I, but I felt good. I conked out about the sixth or seventh inning. They were up 3-1, to one and, and I felt good about their prospects, and they wind up winning. Farmer puts a little, uh, uh, what do they call it, a coup de gras on it at the end. Yeah, a uh, really good game. I thought they took really good at-bats against Clayton Kershaw. Uh, and, you know, the night before, I thought they took a lot of really good at-bats, yeah. hit, hit a lot of line drives right at people. I think, honestly, I, I'm not someone who compl- complains about umpiring or refereeing like uh, fans do, but I do think that Kershaw had a very generous strike zone last night. The Twins still took a good at-bats. They drove up his pitch count. They got him out of the game. Uh, they get beat up on some of the relievers. And it just feels like a more mature, the last four days, it just feels like a more mature team at the plate. Maybe a little bit is Kyle Farmer, um, a little bit of it is uh, Buxton breaking out of his slump. But I think Kirilov, even when Kirilov doesn't hit, he takes he has a good approach. Larnick has come back with a better approach. Um, you know, they just look like a, a, a better, more confident team than they did even a week ago. And uh, Royce Lewis is absolutely tearing it up in the minor leagues on his way here. Yeah, that's terrific news, too. I hope they get to see him before too long. May 29th, I think he can't return um, before that because he was on the 60-day. Another guy who looked great uh, last night was Bailey Ober. To me, you know, I'm not a fan of the beard necessarily, but but, uh, he looks like he's pitching with a chip on his shoulder. He probably felt like maybe he had done enough the last couple of years to earn a spot in the opening day uh, roster. That didn't happen. He's pitching a little angry, it looks like to me. Uh, I actually thought last night he didn't look like he had tremendous stuff. He just yeah. had great composure and, and managed going up against a great lineup. If Michael Taylor makes that play, which he should have made, yes. it's not an easy play, but a play he should have made, uh, then over gets out of there with zero runs against one of the best lineups in baseball. I, I think having Chip, that can last you a little bit. I think right now he's just a good pitcher. Yeah. He's just, you know, he, he, he has that backup 83-mile-an-hour breaking pitch. That really, uh, the thought, you know, he, can, he can backdoor to right-handers, he can jam right-handers with it, he can get, he can get lefties to lean, kind of lean out the way of it. His fastball is good enough, he spots it well enough. Um, he just has good pitchability is the old phrase they used to use. And I think we're seeing that from a lot of Twins pitchers. Varland is probably overachieving, uh, you know, given his pedigree, but he's a smart, tough pitcher. He knows how to approach these guys. Yeah, I think what you're seeing is all the statistical analysis they do and boil down into game plans for their pitchers seem to be really coming through. Uh, they seem to know how to attack hitters. They seem, you know, every every pitcher makes mistakes and gets beat on mistakes, but their good pitches seem to be very uh, intentional and purposeful. They seem to be know how to get people out. What did you think about, you know, it seems like it's the suddenly stolen bases are in again. Uh, it's exploded around Major League Baseball. Uh, multiple reasons, I'm sure, the, the uh, can't throw over too often rule, the larger bases, all of that, the pitch clock, all that going on has contributed to that, except for the Twins until last night when they saw that Barnard wasn't up to throwing the ball to second base. They were taking off like crazy. Exactly. I don't think they think that the stolen base is a an everyday hmm. intelligent approach to the modern game uh you know if you look at the deep analytics outside bases really cost you and they take the pitcher off the hook and they reduce pitch counts they make it easy on the opponent but if you have a, if you think you got a 90 percent chance of success then it's worth doing and, and i think it, all the statistical analysis i've seen says that if, if you're not stealing at an 80 percent or better rate that it's probably not worth even trying mm-hmm. but if you, if you feel like it's you the other team's giving you a base you ought to take it 
Kershaw did give a good base last night. Yep. He, he threw over three times. It looked like he did it intentionally. He knew full well the runner was going to go to second base after that. Did that prevent a throw into center field by his uh, erratic-armed catcher? Is that why he did that? Uh, I guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it looked like his catcher had no chance last night. And Kershaw, when he throws a breaking pitch, the ball takes a long time to get to the home plate. He just, yeah, he didn't want, he, he was trying, it did look like he was trying to avoid the worst possibility. Yeah, it did. Uh, that was kind of funny, I thought. Uh, it, to update us on Royce Lewis, he said he's tearing it up in St. Paul. Uh, he's moved to St. Paul. Last night, he, I think he had three hits and a 430-foot home run. Uh, he's playing shortstop right now, so they can play Miranda next to him. As you said, he's still maybe 10, day, 11 days out from mm-hmm. coming back. But, uh, man, if he's healthy, I just think he makes And, listen, Kyle Farm has played very well yes. at, for this team at third base. Uh, but you're really a strong team. If Royce Lewis is tearing it up as your everyday third baseman, Farmer's your backup shortstop and third baseman, uh, pinch hitter. And, you know, he can play first if you need him to. He can DH if you need him to. Uh, and if you can have, you know, if you can have Royce Lewis and Kyle Farmer in the Buxton Correa all in the same lineup against left-handed pitching, you can start damaging left-handed pitching. I, I don't know if there was a major league team that cried louder or longer about the Astros trash can banging than the Yankees did. And mm-hmm. then here the Yankees are facing some allegations of their own. Herman, he didn't get ejected against the Twins, and Dick Bremer wisely pointed out because they were playing in New York. He was in Toronto last night, so then they injected him. Same umpiring crew. That shouldn't happen. And then what was going on with Aaron Judge? Uh, they're talking about him maybe looking down and trying to steal some signs as well. Do you know what was going on with that? Yeah, he was. They he's being accused of trying to steal signs either by looking back from his catcher, or trying to read, you know, pitcher, whatever. Uh, but but and here's the thing about that. Uh, to, to me, first of all, Herman, let's go there. Yep. Um, to me, it points out a problem with this process. It's not scientific at all. You're having an umpire grab a pitcher's hand. And you're saying, okay, this is sticky, but not too sticky. Okay, this is too sticky. Okay, now we're going to accuse you. You know, Royce Mullen made a great point on our podcast. He said, rosin is legal. It's sitting there on the mound in the middle of the stadium. Uh, Sweat is legal. Sweat and rosin combined make things sticky. They're supposed to make things sticky so the pitcher doesn't lose control of the ball and hit somebody in the head. And his point is, you better be able to prove that the pitcher's using something other than rosin Otherwise, this is all very silly. Now, I think Herman probably is cheating, but you better be able to, you, you know, if you're going to accuse somebody of something, you better have something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you better tell me he's using uh, pine tar. He's using an illegal substance. You know, you can't just say it's too much rosin. Yeah. Rosin's illegal. What if they – are we approaching the day when suddenly they call out some forensics criminal investigator and he scrapes off a sample of whatever is sticky on the pitcher's hand and they take it for testing? Are we, are we that far away from going there? I, I, nobody wants to see that. Yeah. But if you're going to police something, you better police it intelligently and accurately and fairly. Yeah. And I don't think a, an umpire who's standing out there sweating, touching the sweaty hand of a pitcher and determining by touch – What's too sticky? I, that doesn't make any sense to me. No. And as far as as far as judge, sign stealing is part of the game. Yeah. And don't get mad at him. Do a better job of disguising the sight signals. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the NBA, uh, Nikola Jokic is the best player on the planet. Does he not? Yep. Yeah. Yes. He, he did. It just dominated that that three he hit in Anthony Davis's face. He Jokic shoots the ball from behind his head with such a high release at seven feet. If Anthony Davis can't block your shot, maybe Victor Wambanyama will be able to someday. But there isn't anybody in the NBA right now that can really block Jokic's shot whenever he wants to get it off. 
and MB dominated the traditional statistics of scoring and rebounding this year, and that's why he got the MVP. I think any analysis of how much they impact their teams would have led to Jokic winning the MVP again. He's dominating this postseason. He controls the game like nobody else on the planet. And he, last night he was playing against a guy known for being the ultimate game controller in uh, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Of course, LeBron's 38, but he's it, and LeBron. And listen, the Lakers. I thought the Nuggets were playing unbelievably well and unbelievably efficiently for the Lakers to hang tough and make that a game was really impressive in and of itself. Uh, but the Nuggets are the better team. They just are. And if Jokic doesn't get in foul trouble, get hurt, they're just the best team. Yeah. Uh, and, and Jamal Murray has played great. Now, now, uh, uh, one of the, uh, Van Gundy did say he would have taken Murray out at the end of last night's game because of his defense. Once in a while he was getting lost defensively, he might've gone with that Jones who they have or Brown, uh, Brett Brown that they have coming off the bench. But, but, uh, you can't deny what Murray has done in the playoffs. He has become a solid number two for Jokic. He's been excellent. Uh, he had some injuries, some illnesses this year. He was supposedly sick last night. He's a wonderful offensive player. He plays off Jokic really excellently. Uh, and, you know, that's always a tough call for the for the head coach. If you have a great offensive player who's one of your core players, do you take him out for de- in defensive situations at the end of the game? Um, I don't know. You can argue it either way. I would say if it came down to really a one-possession game, where you absolutely need one stop, I'd probably take him out. In that situation, you, you, the ball is going to go the other way as well, and you want him on the floor for offense. Yeah. PGA Championship uh, starts today, uh, so it's already under – or no, it starts tomorrow uh, since today is Wednesday. Uh, uh, you know, this is the, the major that anybody can win, it seems like. There has been some one-off winners of the PGA Championship. There have been. I think they've strengthened the – I think that the they've gone to – more courses that seem like U.S. Open-style courses in modern history, tougher courses, longer courses. And I don't think you see the one-off as much now as you did when Sean McKeel was winning it. Right. Some other guys were just rising up out of nowhere and winning it. Uh, uh, oh, I'm just absolutely blanked on the guy who won it here. Y.E. Yang. Y.E. Yang. Oh, Yang. No, but no, the guy before. Uh, the guy before was. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll talk yeah. about it tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, Y.E. Yang was a complete one-off. Although he beat Tiger Woods, so it wasn't. It was there was nothing flukish about it. He beat Tiger Woods head to head. I walked with that that, that twosome that entire day. Um, but I, I just think you see see it less often, and I, I just think we're also at a point with modern golf where Scheffler and Rom are going to be like the two favorites almost every time out, and they're not, yeah. they're not going to win it. They're, they're going to combine to win about. 20% of the majors. It's not like it's them against the field, but they're probably slight favorites every time they go out. And then you have just a slew of other guys who could win it or might win it for the first time, like, like Shoffley. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he could have a chance, uh, at that, uh, this weekend as well. Uh, Jim, thanks so much. Thanks. Todd. Live at five sports with Todd and Sue and brought to you by Prairie's edge casino resort.